Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be out for week 15, but it doesn't mean that the ground game should be thrown out of the game plan. That and more coming up right now on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. You are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being on Locked On Commanders, your first listen or your first view today and every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast, and you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked Insider program. You'll get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, including our Saturday exclusive Commander's Huddle or Command Huddle uh, Insider exclusive mailbag episode. Saturday is coming, Insiders. If you've got questions to add to that mailbag episode, drop them to me. You know how to do it. Get one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Always excited to welcome new insiders. Go to joinsubtext.com slash commanders to sign up today. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and I'm here with you five days a week, Monday through Friday, sometimes a little bit more, especially if you're an insider, along with my everydayers. And everydayers, you know, I greatly appreciate your continued support for the program. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we are going to identify three keys to a commander's win and breaking down what the Rams offense is going to look like against Ron Rivera's defense. But before we get to all of that, running back Brian Robinson Jr. has officially been ruled out of Sunday's contest against the Los Angeles Rams, but it does not mean that Eric Bieniemy needs to return to a super pass-heavy attack plan this weekend. Uh, I have been having conversations with insiders for much of the week, not so much Wednesday, more so Thursday, and then a lot on Friday as it became more and more apparent that Brian Robinson was not going to be available for this game. And the question and the concern from from pretty much all of them has been that Eric Bieniemy will return to a super, super pass-heavy offense without Brian Robinson. A lot of people look at this as basically B-Rob has kind of forced Eric Bieniemy's hand into using him more and then using the ground game more. So I wanted to dive in a little bit into those numbers because the impression from a lot of people has been that Washington is running the ball more. But is that actually the case? In the first six games of the season, the Washington Commanders ran the ball an average of 20 times per game. In the last six, they've averaged 23 times per game. So yes, they are running the ball more uh, as of late, three times per game. Uh, More is definitely more. I don't know if that's as much more as as a lot of people uh, thought they were running but it is certainly an increase in the running game usage, right? So not as drastic as maybe we thought it was, uh, but from just observing it, it looks like the run game is certainly getting more involved. Perhaps it's just Brian Robinson getting more involved. In the first six games of the season, the Washington Commanders offense was running for 87.8 yards per game, and they earned five touchdowns on the ground. The last six, 116 yards per game and five touchdowns. So while it's only three touchdowns or three rushes per game, uh, that the run game has been improving. 
the production from the run game has certainly been improving at a greater clip. That's a difference of about 30 yards per game. Uh, that would be 10 yards per carry if it was only the three carries. So certainly it's not just the three carries, but it's what they're doing with those carries and how they're executing them. So safe to say uh, it's not necessarily that they're running more, a, a whole lot more, but they are running more, but they're being more effective in the amount that they're running the ball. Brian Robinson specifically, first six games of the season, 77 carries, 302 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. Last six, 75 carries, 339 yards, 4.52 yards per carry. And if you're you're doing the math, right, the, the, this team hasn't played 12 games. They played 13, but I'm not going to split that 13th game in the first half, second half. So we're going six and six at the front end of the season and at the back end of the season. Now on the flip side of that, Antonio Gibson, who obviously is going to be expected to shoulder the starting running back load. He had 16 carries for 69 yards in the first six games of the season, 4.3 yards per carry. And then AG has had 30 carries in his last six games, because remember he missed a game. So he's actually played an even 12 games. So his last six games, uh, AG has gotten 30 carries, 124 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. So his yards per carry have actually gone down as his usage on the ground has gone up, but not, not too bad, uh, not so much that you're super concerned about it. But the dip from Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson is significant, 4.52 yards uh, for B-Rob over the last six games compared to AG's 4.1 yards per carry over his last six games. That is a almost a, it's almost half-yard difference uh, per carry. So you definitely want to maximize where Antonio Gibson is going to be running the ball uh, as he helps helps replace Brian Robinson because I do expect it to be a group effort. Of course, some of the runs that the Washington Commanders have had in total have been Sam Howell as well. Chris Rodriguez has gotten in there uh, as well. Wide receiver runs, Curtis, Curtis Samuel certainly getting some carries and doing those things. But really, the increase in the run game hasn't necessarily come specifically via Brian Robinson. It's come via Antonio Gibson. Again, you look at the carry differences. First six games, 16 carries. Last six games, 30 carries. So Brian, uh, Antonio Gibson, rather, his ground game contributions have basically doubled in usage. And AG is having the most success on the ground when he's running to the right side, specifically the right outside outside the B gap, right? So A gap is off the center, uh, at, between the center and the guard. B gap is between the guard and tackle. C gap is outside the tackle. If there's a tight end there sometimes, and then, you know, if you've got extended linemen, tight ends in line, you extend the gaps out, right? So whenever Antonio Gibson is running outside the B gap or off the off tackle, as you like to say, uh, he is averaging 5.2 yards per carry and has had 73 yards on 14 runs that way this season. When he's not, where he's not doing well, is inside the A gap specifically, but also not as well in the B gap where he's averaging less than three yards per carry uh, running between the guards and, and inside the tackles. The Rams are 16th in the NFL right now in yards per carry allowed. They're giving up 4.2 yards per carry to opposing teams. Additionally, their stuff rate is one of the lowest in the league. So their total rush defense is about middle of the league. Their stuff rate is very, very low. Uh, they're only stopping 17.6% of the runs that they face at the line of scrimmage. That's 27th in the NFL. So that's not very good. So most of the time, teams are getting at least a little bit of push against this Rams defensive line. So Aaron Donald can't do it by himself. Or certainly he's getting double, triple teamed, uh, all those things. But teams are finding ways to move the line of scrimmage against this Rams defensive front. They've been most vulnerable, fortunately, on the exact same side that Washington has been strongest with AG. So uh, they're giving up 5.2 yards per carry on that side of the ball. Uh, AG is averaging 5.2 yards per carry on that side of the line of scrimmage. I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Not surprisingly, uh, the Rams are doing their best run stop business between the A gaps, between the B gaps. So that's where the commander's advantage of, on offense could really lie this weekend. Run with Antonio Gibson through the C gaps and wider 
especially to the right side. Use Chris Rodriguez, try to get those between the tackle, between the guard carries. Jonathan Williams, certainly a guy that can come in there uh, and get some action as well. That means we don't need to see a return to a super pass-heavy approach by Eric Bieniemy. Now, uh, an early run on scoring by the Los Angeles Rams offense could certainly spark that anyway because they're going to be playing catch-up if that happens. But at the very least, we should still see a good amount of running the ball from the commanders in the first three or four possessions, even though Brian Robinson is not going to be on the field or Washington is going to have a disadvantage uh, on offense. Of course, is running up the middle, but also when testing this Rams pass defense, Sam Howell has been late from time to time. We've talked about it uh, every day, as you know that, and being late is never a good thing, but against the Los Angeles Rams, it could actually be incredibly disastrous. Currently Los Angeles has just seven interceptions this season. That's tied for some of the fewest in the NFL, but they also have the eighth most pass deflections, with 39 that means the rams are playing off coverage they're playing they're allowing underneath stuff but they're also closing on those underneath routes very very quickly and those deflections can turn into interceptions if the ball is late and the defensive back gets an earlier jump on uh those plays they're very aggressive as they're closing they also are one of the highest flag teams for defensive pass interference uh the los angeles rams are so when they click and close on the ball they are doing it with aggression. So if Sam Howell is late on some of these passes, uh, it could turn in interceptions because of that characteristic by this Rams defense. So there is going to be an opportunity there, but it's got to be done. It's got to be taken advantage of timely. So Sam needs to be on time with his passes or some of the deflections, some of the, 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 the defensive pass interferences could turn into interceptions. Flipping on to the other side of the ball, uh, the Washington Commanders defense not going to have a whole lot of advantages, unfortunately, against this Rams team. That's not just a Commanders defense thing. This Rams offense, one of the most efficient that I've seen on tape this season, ranked top 10 in scoring this year, which I don't think a lot of people realize when they look at the Los Angeles Rams. But we're going to go a little bit deeper in what this Commanders defense has to try and do in order to help the Commanders get a win in Los Angeles in Week 15. Coming up next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible for you to interview, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals, which makes it the best place for you to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that you as a small business are wearing so many hats and you may not have the time or the resources to help you hire properly. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm on mute, so let me restart all of that. The only area that I can find for the Washington Commanders defense to have an advantage uh, against the Los Angeles Rams offense is unfortunately through the interception rate. And the Los Angeles Rams rank 17th in the NFL in interception rate, 2.18% uh, over, overall, but that's middle of the pack, right? That's not even worse than the NFL, certainly not best in the NFL. Uh, but it's really the only thread we have to pull on to say that the Washington Commanders defense could find an advantage. And when the Washington Commanders defense only has six interceptions all season long, it's hard to call it an advantage, right? In addition to that, when you consider that Brett Rippon is responsible for one of those Rams 10 interceptions thrown, uh, 
that takes away from Matt Stafford's total numbers. Matt Stafford's interception rate by himself is actually 2.14%. And if that is the NF, if that's the team's rating, then that would actually rank 14th. So that's not even middle of the pack. That's upper half of the of the league in interception rank uh, or interception rates for the season. So this season, Matthew Stafford has only nine turnover-worthy plays all season long. That's fifth best amongst qualified quarterbacks in the NFL this season. When Stafford does throw an interception, though, it always comes in 11 personnel, which is not really that big of a tendency key because 11 personnel is the most popular personnel package in the league today for a reason. So to say that most or all of his uh, interceptions come in 11 personnel isn't really that great of a, of a revelation, to be quite honest with you. But it is something worth noting, at least because it's 100%. The vast majority of them have come against four, two, five defensive linemen. So four defensive linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. That is the most used grouping by the commanders this season. However, in the one week that we've seen a Ron Rivera-led defense, it was the second most used grouping by Ron Rivera in week 13 in his first game in charge of the defense. So again, the the formation, or not formation, but the alignment, the 4-2-5 alignment that Matt Stafford has had the most struggles against is the one that Ron Rivera used the second most, not the most, but the second most uh, against the Miami Dolphins. We'll have to see if that changes uh, this weekend. Most of them have come against middle-of-the-field closed looks. Uh, so that means usually your safeties are are in the middle. One, at least one safety is in the middle of the field. That's middle of the field closed. Or a linebacker sometimes playing deep in more of a safety formation. It's kind of rare, but it, I guess it could happen. Uh, or versus two safeties deep split so that you've got the middle of the field open. Or one safety that's cheating to one side uh, like Cameron Curl was on the first touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill against the Miami Dolphins. Sorry to bring that up, but it is what it is. Um, so typically Matt Stafford throws his interceptions when the middle of the field is closed. Uh, the Washington Commanders like to run their middle of the field open at the snap. So that kind of is counterintuitive. Um, there's really no coverage look that really seems to give Matt Stafford problems. Uh, two of his interceptions this season have come against cover one looks. Two of them have come against cover two. One is covered come come against a cover two man look. So man coverage underneath the cover two shell. Uh, two of them have come against cover four, one against cover six, one against cover three. So again, there's not like Matt Stafford struggles against this specific defensive look in the secondary, it's kind of a spread out. Uh, I guess if you really want to get technical about it, three of them have come against cover two. Uh, again, two of them against, you know, traditional cover two with zone everywhere. Uh, and then one of them in cover two man with a two high shell uh, and man coverage underneath of it. So technically cover two out of a four, two, five uh, personnel grouping has gotten the most takeaways from Matthew Stafford. So that's, you know, if you want to look at the numbers like that, that's probably where the Washington commanders kind of need to live to give themselves a chance of trying to get an interception again, not really a lot there to exploit, but unfortunately, like that's why the Los Angeles Rams are a playoff caliber team. Well, playoff contending team and the Washington players, unfortunately, are not um, a couple of Matt, Matt Stafford's interceptions. You can't even really look at Matt Stafford's mechanics and say, like, this is this is the thing you need to exploit because a couple of interceptions have been tipped. Uh, one was tipped at the line by a defensive lineman and then intercepted. One was off the hands of a receiver and then intercepted uh, a couple of his throws were late or off target that led to interceptions, but that's only two of them. One was a gimmick play. It was a flea flicker that just went terribly wrong. And honestly, Matt should have just swallowed it, but instead he chucked it up there against the Seattle Seahawks and that got intercepted. Um, a couple were early season miscommunications where he threw the ball one place, the receiver went another place. Uh, the defender stood there and got the interception, but those again were early in the year and those things seem to have been cleaned up uh, ever since then. So, you know, again, there's, there's not a lot of tendencies here to look at and say, like Matt Stafford doesn't do well against cover three. 
when you bring a blitz from the left side and the cornerbacks are impressed. Like there's really no trends there because that's how efficient the Rams offense has been uh, this season. If it wasn't for the 19th ranked scoring defense that they have, um, they probably would have a better record than they do today. So the offense, certainly not the weakness for the Washington or for the Los Angeles Rams. Unfortunately, the offense, the defense is the uh, weakness for the Washington commanders. So it's strength on weakness, but also commanders offense strength uh, against the Rams defensive weakness overall again Aaron Donald notwithstanding so it's really going to be a matter of which team's strength can be the stronger strength against the opposing team's uh weakness outside of getting pressure on the quarterback nothing really there for Washington to kind of emulate you just got to be able to take advantage uh if and when the opportunity presents itself you've got to secure the interception something the commanders have not done much of in fact in my research I found out that the Washington commanders are one of just four teams in the National Football League that have dropped more interceptions than they have caught. And if you uh, have listened to the Locked On Bucks episode today, you already know the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers are two of them, the Tennessee Titans, the other one. So the Titans, the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Washington Commanders, the only four teams in the NFL whose defenses have dropped more interceptions than they have secured. So again, not a lot of threads to pull on for the Commanders to try to find a defensive advantage, unfortunately, against the Rams, which means like I've said earlier, every day is the Washington Mayor's offense. I look at it. You've got to put up at least 25 points to have an opportunity to win in this game. And going back to our first segment, stick with the running backs, get them going on the ground, make the life for Sam Howell a little bit easier. That's going to help you out a lot. We're going to open up our keys to victory and then go over our final game status coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In my family, Christmas Eve is our big night, and sometimes those traditions can conflict with the NFL schedule. That puts me in a position to put one above the other. No matter which way I go, no matter which way you decide to go, when holidays conflict with your life, there could be a feeling of stress related to letting someone down or feeling like you're maybe not fulfilling all of your responsibilities. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays or has your own unique traditions, you get to define how you give yourself and also how you give back to yourself. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself a little bit of love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. The Washington Commanders play the Los Angeles Rams at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. Catch every snap of the Commanders' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Just search Commanders, and while you're there, you might hear a familiar voice during the games we've gone over some tendencies some advantages some disadvantages unfortunately so what are the keys to the washington commanders coming away with a win well we've got three of them that we're going to lay down here key number one and again we're starting off the same order we started off with the episode don't abandon the run just because brian robinson is out i know there's some concern out there that brian robinson has been such a focal point of this offense not only as a runner but also as a pass blocker as a receiver that there could be a tendency we call it spontaneous recovery in the world of training where you work and work and work to fight a habit fight a habit fight a habit you're doing such a good job and then boom something happens something triggers it and you go right back into your old habits eric Bieniemy, uh the assistant head coach office coordinator of the commanders is a self-admitted sellout running former running back uh dedicated to the past but 
if you're looking at the numbers, which we know the Washington Commanders hired Eugene Shen, his staff, they, they're looking at the numbers, they're breaking down the tendencies, they're breaking down all the patterns. If you look at the patterns, uh, you know, they, they'll go even deeper than we're going here today. But just if you if you go even as deep as what we did today, you see that even with Antonio Gibson, even with Chris Rodriguez Jr., Jonathan Williams replacing Brian Robinson in tandem, uh, you can still have a potentially effective ground game. And you know that Antonio Gibson can catch the ball. Um, I'm telling you, Chris Rodriguez Jr. can catch the ball better than he's known for. Jonathan Williams is certainly a crafty veteran who can do uh, a good amount of things as well. So don't abandon the ground game. Don't ab abandon the running back usage just because Brian Robinson is not available for this game. Key number two, keep five or more defensive backs on the field. Again, there are no defensive advantages for this, this commander's team against this Rams offense. That's just the way that it is. The closest thing you get to an advantage is the fact that the Los Angeles Rams do tend to be picked off uh, about middle of the pack in the National Football League. But I told you already, they're doing it mostly against four, two, five alignments, four down linemen, two linebackers, five DBs. Keep five DBs on the ground. You got to cover Cooper Cup. You got to cover Kyron Williams out of the backfield. You got to cover uh, Puka Nakua. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have other players that they try to get involved as well. Keep five or more secondary guys on the field, tackle well. Close on those things. Cody Barton, we talked about it last week or during the week. Uh, every day, as we remember, Cody Barton, one of the better tacklers in the NFL this year, um, which I know is not getting a whole lot of love because at the end of the day, a lot of those tackles are not coming up with big plays or third down plays to get the to get the defense off the field, things like that. But rely on that tackling. Keep the plays in front of you. Don't give up the explosives. We say it again for yet another week here. Uh, in, in this NFL season for the commander's defense. But if they can do that, they give themselves a fighting chance to extend drives and potentially get one of those mistakes that Matt Stafford and this offense will do. And then you just got to secure it. You know what I mean? Again, the commander is one of four NFL defenses that have dropped more interceptions than they've secured. But if the opportunity hits you, you got to make sure you come up with it. That's how you make plays for your team. Key number three, let's let Terry run, man. We've talked about this every day as you remember these episodes. Terry McLaurin has run more hitch routes, almost has almost doubled his hitch route total from last year out coming into this game. We've got four games left, and Terry McLaurin has almost doubled his hitch route production or hitch routes run uh, compared to last season. The hitch route, for those who don't know, generally speaking, you go out, you come right back in, and if your quarterback's late, you got to come back in even further, and then your back is to the, to the upfield uh, area, so the defensive back is coming downhill on you. You can't see where they're coming from. Usually you don't have a lot of blockers in place. It's not like a screen, so you have to take advantage of the space that you have, and it just does not give room for a guy like Terry McLaurin to get a lot of yards after the catch, and that is a problem. We need to see Terry McLaurin getting vertical releases, getting horizontal releases coming across the field. Uh, you know, there, there's there's got to be a reason that Eric Bieniemy is just in love with Terry McLaurin running these hitch routes, but you got to let Terry, you know, to quote other guys, Terry McLaurin is a peacock. You got to let him fly. You got to let him open up a little bit and let's trust Sam how to hit him on the run on some of these passes. I think Curtis Samuel is going to have a big impact, a big impact on this game as well. And of course, Shahan Dotson certainly uh, potentially could do some damage. But Curtis Samuel is the guy that's getting open the fastest, but he's also running some of those vertical releases, horizontal releases that I think we need to see Terry McLaurin run in this game to take advantage of what they can do against the Rams defense. So that's our three keys. Don't abandon the run just because you don't have Brian Robinson. Keep five or more DBs on the field uh, pretty much every every single play. I mean, goal line notwithstanding. Third and one, maybe heavy formations. Okay, I got it. But for the most part, keep five DBs on the field. Let Terry McLaurin run more than 
a hitch route. We'll call it unhitched Terry McLaurin. Game status reports, Washington Commanders, again, obviously they're going to be out. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. with a hamstring injury. Defensive end James Smith-Williams also continues to be out with a hamstring injury, has not played since the Seattle Seahawks contest. Cleared to play. Cornerback Emmanuel Forbes will be back out there after dealing with an elbow injury. Offensive guard, offensive lineman Sadiq Charles with a calf injury has been activated, will be cleared to play this weekend. Uh, he will not start, but Ron Rivera does say that he expects him to get some playing time. Uh, in other news, tight end Curtis Hodges uh, went on IR on Friday with a back injury for the Rams. Offensive tackle Rob Havenstein uh, is questionable with a groin injury, and wide receiver Tutu Atwell is questionable with a concussion. Tutu Atwell was a full participant in practice on Friday, so essentially as long as he does not have a setback and suffer more symptoms, he should be cleared to play, which means you got Tutu Atwell out there, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams, a lot, a lot of weapons potentially on the field for Matt Stafford and the Rams offense. Coming up, I will be going live after the Commanders contest against the Los Angeles Rams, so make sure you come back from that or for that. Never been to SoFi, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to find space in SoFi to do the show. If not, I will beat feet to the hotel as soon as I can after the game, and I will go live from the hotel, but I'm hoping that I will be able to find a space in beautiful SoFi Stadium. Looking forward uh, to seeing that. Also looking forward to getting me some Roscoe's. It's been a while since I got some Roscoe's, so I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, throw them in the YouTube comment section or text me directly by becoming a lock, Locked on Commanders Insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Commanders to get in on that fun. We've got a bonus uh, insider-only mailbag episode called our Command Huddle Drop-In on Saturday. So, insiders, if you've got questions to add to that, you know how to get them to me. If you want to become a part of that, again, join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day. Every dayers, thank you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Until we speak again, please, if you're out and about, be safe, be kind, enjoy the game, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. 